it's so much more political disillusionment than apathy because it's not really that we don't care. If we didn't care, edi ba tayo nagre-reklamo or nagre-react, di ba? But it's really more so doubting the power we hold and doubting that a single vote makes a difference. Kaya siguro nagiging fallback yung mentality na, ah, ang dami namang tao sa Philippines, they can vote in my stead. Parang, who am I ba? My one vote isn't going to change anything. But if anything, how will we know what power we hold if we do not try first? If we want to see change, then something has to happen and it has to start somewhere. I'm sure we are familiar with the if not me, then who? If not now, then when? ideology. And I think the same applies in this case. Welcome to the People's Initiative, a podcast about the communities, places, and events that shape Philippine elections. Here with Fifi and Jesse. In this episode, we are going to dive into youth participation. This topic really holds a special place for us young people and also the young at heart. We will be discussing how impactful the youth could be in the upcoming elections and if there is such a thing as a youth vote. But you know, Fifi, I feel like our chica about this would not be complete without first mentioning what happened in the 2020 U.S. elections. Ah, kasi maraming kabataan bumoto kay Joe Biden, di ba? Yes, sis, but before we get into that, share ko lang na tumaas yung youth voter turnout sa U.S. elections. This was actually revealed by the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement, or CIRCLE for short, at Tufts University that this statistic rose to around 8% in 2020 compared to that of the 2016 polls. CIRCLE also estimated that 53% of eligible youth voters participated in the recent election versus just 45% in 2016. But what's even more interesting is that 62% of young voters supported Biden in last year's elections, while 35 voted for Trump. Now, these numbers are estimates drawn out from research by Edison Research for the National Election Pool. A lot of people were amazed at how the youth played a big role in electing Biden. So much so that after Biden was announced the 46th president of the United States, Pinoy celebrities used social media to urge their fans to vote and register for the 2022 Philippine elections. Actress Janine Gutierrez wrote on Twitter, Can't wait for our turn to vote them out. Hashtag register to vote. Meanwhile, social media personality McCoy Dubs tweeted, Surveys aren't always accurate. Philippines may pag-asa pa, register to vote. 2022 is near. Miss Trans Global 2020 Mela Franco Habihan took to Twitter to say, Ang taas ng youth vote turnout sa US elections. Ang galing-galing. Pinoy, Gen Z, and Millennials, tara! Tin Gamboa, aka DJ Suzy for Magic 89.9, similarly responded to Biden's win by telling followers, This shows us that it isn't just some pipe dream. It can be done. The good guys can win. We just have to put in the work. Pilipinas, kaya din natin to! For me, I feel like it was essential that the youth experienced being under Trump's leadership and I feel like that really shaped them into voting for Biden and helping him win. We keep saying in our past episodes that awareness changes things and maybe an awareness that things could get better and that they deserve better was a big step and a major contributor to the results. True! And what is the youth vote if not the youth persevering? Yes, more more Wanda Mission pa ako. Pero seryoso, I feel somewhat fulfilled that I contributed to the youth voter turnout in the 2020 elections. As a Filipino-American citizen kasi, I was an ab- absentee voter last year. And I can't tell you how happy I am that that was my first time to vote. I am also glad that the youth is getting the recognition it deserves in politics. For the longest time, 
young people across the world are being discriminated against, and this treatment still lives on, as the youth have been repeatedly labeled as politically apathetic. Of course, that is not the case because so many people my age are not only taking part in the elections, but also attending rallies, sharing their thoughts on Philippine politics on social media, and starting conversations about social issues with their loved ones or friends. Though I admit that there are members of the youth that aren't as enthusiastic about taking part in political events, I want to clarify that they are not disinterested or detached from politics. In fact, they care about how our country will be run. They're just unsure of how they can help improve the leadership in the national or local government sector. We talked about this with Sir Jael Cornelio, a sociologist at the Ateneo de Manila University who wrote research on the youth's involvement and participation in politics. And we asked him about why the youth aren't taking to the polls despite making up nearly half of the registered voters in 2016. He then shed light on how younger voters' mindsets will impact their stake in the elections. So I wanted to say now, now when you compare the situation of the Philippines to other countries, you see that we are a little better off. We have more young people who are participating. Pero having said that, we also have to recognize that young people, at least those who are 30-year-olds and below, are not politically active as the other generations. And your observation is correct. One or two reasons. The first reason is that, and this has been, I've argued this in some of my previous writings, this is not so much about political apathy as it is about political disillusionment. He went on to explain what political disillusionment is and its difference with political apathy. When you say political disillusionment, it's that people are concerned, but they don't know. Young people are concerned, but they don't know if participating in politics would make a difference. Those are two different things. For political apathy, walang pakialam. Pero pag sinabi natin disillusionment, hmm, concerned, but would my vote make a difference? Would participating make a difference, right? Would we still be able to topple this political dynasty? Would we still be able to change the political landscape and so forth? Let's unpack that for a second. What did you get? from Sergey's thoughts on young voters, Jesse. Honestly, I felt that when Sergey said that it's so much more political disillusionment than apathy because it's not really that we don't care. If we didn't care, edi ba tayo nagre-reklamo or nagre-react, di ba? But it's really more so doubting the power we hold and doubting that a single vote makes a difference. Kaya siguro nagiging fallback yung mentality na ah, ang daming namang tao sa Philippines they can vote in my stead. Parang, who am I ba? My one vote isn't going to change anything. But if anything, how will we know what power we hold if we do not try first? If we want to see change, then something has to happen and it has to start somewhere. I'm sure we are familiar with the if not me, then who? If not now, then when? ideology. And I think the same applies in this case. As for being able to topple political dynasties and changing the political landscape... Well, that's an even longer conversation. It's been ingrained in our culture as we see it today. Now, we're still focused on the personalities, on the theatrics of things, and we shy away from talking about issues that are important. Maybe not applicable to certain communities, but still important nonetheless, diba? I agree with you, sis. Ikahani Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. Ito talaga, ang dami nitong alam eh. She a Marvel fan or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Pero anyways, going back, I learned a lot from what Sergey said, 
But what I want to emphasize is that there is strength in the youth's numbers, but that power will be weakened if young voters will either not vote or the majority of the youth will vote for politicians who do not forward the youth's best interests and ignore them altogether when thinking about their platform. Like what Sir Jay said in our convo with him, different factors feed into this. One of them is political individualization. Since some teenagers and young adults doubt that they can sway the elections, they find other avenues to pursue their political interests. They join student or religious organizations. Sometimes they volunteer in non-government organizations as well. But they do not go out and cast a ballot. Why? You may ask, well, it's because these members of the youth believe that their actions in a given community will be felt, which is different from what they expect after voting in an election. If you join an organization kasi and work diligently there, then you'll easily notice that the time and energy you spent with that group has paid off. You'll see how many people you've helped and those who have effectively led an organization project will immediately be praised by their ordmates. On the other hand, the impact of youth voting on a national scale is not always obvious. This is because if, let's say, the youth votes for politician X, but the rest of the population votes for politician Y, then the youth will be disappointed and feel like their vote is negligible because the right candidate for them did not win. If I can add lang to what you've mentioned, actually, it makes a lot of sense when you mentioned political individualization. When the youth are participating in their respective communities, their respective organizations, kahit papaano, there's politics there. Eh. Minsan nga, mas inclined ang mga youth to join whatever org or whatever community. You know, I know someone who takes on a lot of different organizational roles not to build a better resume. And their response is always, I don't really come from a good school, so I need to be able to build myself in a way that is enticing. So companies will take a chance on me because my future is on the line. Eh. This is actually a trend I've noticed and have been noticing. We, and I mean the youth when I say we, would rather pursue our own interests or careers and further ourselves than invest in the nation. Pero tama ka, Fifi, when you say that a lot of factors really come into play naman talaga. At dahil pinag-uusapan natin yun, another factor worth discussing is the fact that political systems are hardly youth-inclusive. It's the exact opposite because the administration has been promoting tokenistic youth participation, which happens when the youth are invited to take part in political events but aren't listened to when they speak out about politics. In other words, it's failing to give the youth proper representation. We saw this happen last October 2020 when Duciel Cardema, the wife of the former National Youth Commission Chairman Ronald Cardema, was sworn in as the representative of the Duterte Youth Party list. Now, a lot of youth groups disapproved of the situation because Duterte youth repeatedly endangered the well-being of young Filipinos as they have red-tagged student activists or labeled them as radical for protesting. Hence, the party list silenced the youth and put people who merely appear like they are pro-youth in power. Since the youth are sick and tired of not being taken seriously, some young voters choose not to play a part in the elections because they believe that politicians don't care about them and that they are uncertain that they can find a candidate that truly stands for them. What's also contributing to the impression that there is no youth vote is that the majority of the youth vote the same way as other demographics, like Sergey explained. If you look at the Rappler piece I wrote in 2019, what I did was I disaggregated Pulse Asia survey according to age. And you look at the pattern, the voting patterns of young people. Sino mga binota nila? Dito lapid. Number one, right? Exactly the same candidates that the entire population was going to vote for. Yung mga Bamakino, mga Samira Gutok, yung mga those who would enliven UP students <laughs> um, were not even there. So in a very 
sobering manner, we realized that there is actually a youth vote. Only that it's consistent with every bo- with what everybody is voting for, right? It's exactly consistent with the voting pattern of everyone else. In other words, so I want to be social scientific. There's no youth vote in the sense that there's no decisive vote. Uh, there's no decisive pattern that distinguishes itself from the majority. But there is a youth vote in the sense that it simply aligns with the voting preferences of everyone else, of other generations. So is it mixed? It's not necessarily mixed, to be honest. I'm living for the way Sir Jay is just spilling all the tea and not leaving out anything juicy. And to be honest, I was really shocked when I learned that most of the youth mirror the voting pattern of the rest of the population. Because I admit, as an addict on Twitter, I see a lot of young people on the site supporting Ocho Derecho candidates. Since I only observe the educated segment of the youth, it took me a while to realize that members of the youth who weren't able to go to college think and act differently. So of course, the way they vote is not the same as the way college students or graduates vote. This brings me to my next point. We should try our best to pop ourselves out of our own bubbles. Because when we do that, then we will learn something valuable about those who live differently from us and be more understanding of how a certain community thinks and feels. Empathizing with people who we don't usually come across on a daily basis would make it easier for us to pull them into political conversations and tell them why it's important to have an informed vote in the next elections. After all, the name we'll write on our ballots could change the way the Philippines will be led and affect how politicians treat us citizens. If we can prove to the public that the youth can unite, despite coming from varying backgrounds, then that will send a message that we aren't to be taken lightly and that our voices should be heard. What Sir Jay said kind of made me think about how adults usually look at the youth and both smart shame and blame us for bad choices, but look at how the youth are also just following what the adults are doing. You know, in some cases, nagkukwento friends ko na when they try to discuss things with older people, they're met with comments like, ang bata-bata mo pa, wala kang alam. And at the same time, ikaw, kahala mo ang dami mo nang pinagdaanan sa buhay, ano? Oo, nangyari din sa akin yan kasi nag-post ako ng political thoughts ko sa Facebook. Tapos may matanda na nag-message sa akin, pinatanggal niya yung post ko. Grabe talaga yung atake, no? Anyways, di ko naman tinanggal yung post ko. Pero medyo na-off ako na sobrang nainis yung taong to. To the point that she wanted me to censor myself just so she wouldn't have to see opinions that contradict hers on social media. And this, ladies and gents, is the prime example of how aging doesn't always equate to maturing. We only stand healthy communicators in this house. But anyway... I think it's also important that we talk about the free Facebook phenomenon in the Philippines. Mark Zuckerberg actually wanted and tested that Facebook be free and saw that the results were so successful in the Philippines, making Facebook the most accessible social media platform in the country. Seeing Ocho Derecho become so resounding in other social media spheres might also be a reason why they did not manage to clinch a seat. Plus, malakas nga sila sa social media in the more diverse sense of the word. Sadly, though, they didn't do well in traditional media. And I want to go back to what you said about the youth coming together. It takes a lot for that to happen, right? I feel like possible na cultural thing din to because we keep saying that the Philippines is multicultural but we only really highlight the city. I feel like there's so much more attention to cities Now we miss out on other communities. Plus, it's hard to communicate with those communities 
communities because, duh, we live in an archipelago. And even if we have social media on our side, the chances of getting in touch with someone from the other end of the country is honestly slim unless mag-a-adding speak sa Facebook, di ba? Siguro the voting patterns of the youth become the same as the entire population kasi they vote for the candidates they know or see in traditional media like radio or TV. And with that, I think we have to get to know each other more by understanding the thought processes the youth have when they assess a candidate. Let's listen to Sergey's thoughts on this. If we were in Germany, the answer is yes. Young people would vote for environmental factors, right, green solutions. If we were in New Zealand, we would all vote for Jacinda Ardern, right? If we were in the U.S., most likely we would be voting for Democrats, you know, or we would be voting for more um, environmentally conscious candidates. But this is the Philippines, eh? In the Philippines, who really cares about the environment? Really? Um, who cares about animal welfare? Even South China Sea, eh? if you look at the surveys done in 2016 and then 2019, the national concerns, the basic concerns of Filipinos, employment, wages, inflation. So if you want to be Maslovian, you realize that these are at the base of the pyramid, right? The very basic needs are still the most, and I believe if you disaggregate that, that survey, you realize that it's the same pattern even among young people. Why? Because not everybody, not all young people are in universities. Not all young people are getting exactly the same liberal education that students at good universities might be getting. And then the other complicating factor is that is education really for the pursuit of your own passions? Hindi naman talaga, Jesse, di ba, Fifi? In reality, people take up certain courses because they know that it's going to land them a good job afterwards. It's really for the pursuit of their own careers. It's really for the pursuit of their own ambitions and really to get out of poverty. Bring that back into the analysis and then you realize na parang, okay, in as much as I would like to enliven our youth to be focused on issues of peace and justice and so forth, hindi eh. Kasi the ordinary youth would say, so what, what really matters to you? Magkakatrabaho po ba ako ngayong taon na ito? Tataas po ba ang sweldo ko? Sir talked about how not all young people are in universities or went through university. This way, it's important to know that people like us are already considered the elite youth. Educated, city people, di ba? It might be helpful then to understand this in terms of communities. Because kahit nga sa university courses, there are nuances that differentiate, say, a communication student to an engineering student and that therefore creates a different community then. A lot of people forget that there are sub-communities even in, say, the UP community. Iba ang UP Deleman students, sa UP Manila students, sa UP Los Baños students, and so forth. But in the grander scheme of things, sana we get to look at the communities we don't see often like indigenous people, the out-of-school youth, PWDs, and many more, right? Kasi if we get to look at them, we'll start understanding why those youth look to leaders who seem to answer the questions, what can they do for my people? How can they make my livelihood or lifestyle better for people like me? And that'll teach us a lot about listening and not just speaking. Important din na we emphasize that while voting based on issues is important, we have to know why the youth is forming their vote on external factors like a candidate's appearance, celebrity endorsements, and the amount of TV or radio ads a candidate has. To echo what Sir said, youth members who aren't financially capable of going to college would prioritize other goals in life, such as getting a job, 
staying employed, and paying rent. Since they are putting their survival first, they are unable to think of deeper issues affecting the country due to lack of time, energy, and resources. What's worth noting then is that a research from the Bucharest University of Economic Studies titled Education and Poverty talks about how impoverished children have higher chances of dropping out of school. Other studies noted that poverty can also lead to missing out on the benefits of schooling, which could hurt the productivity of the less fortunate in the workplace. In terms of voting naman, the knowledge gap between the educated wealthy and the less educated poor can cause the latter to need more academic experience to appreciate critical stances, such as caring about issues in the elections. So we can see that poverty is a huge concern and that there is a need to solve this problem. Para mas mamulat tayong lahat sa mga isyong lamalaganap sa bansa natin at kung paano natin yun masosolusyonan sa pagboto natin. Grabe talaga, Fifi. Ang dami kong natutunan sa usapan natin. And since we had such a meaty convo today to the point na feeling ko busog na busog na talaga tayong dalawa, I think we should sum up our key takeaways. I'll start. Let's normalize that there are different youth communities and not just an entire chunk of young people because in that sense, there are communities that become silenced in the process. We can categorize due to spaces, due to cultures, and maybe in the future we can think of better ways to reach across those communities as we become aware that they exist in the first place. That's definitely correct, honey. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> Pero going back, no, to truly empower the youth to go out and vote, we have to empathize with them and know what they're going through so we can find ways to address concerns that can stand in the way of being an informed voter. Tama! And with empathizing, no? Alam mo, girl, tulungan lang talaga tayo dito, eh. We should talk to one another. We should discuss and open up conversations that need to be talked about. Otherwise, our minds will not be open to other perspectives and that can cloud our judgments. Mm-hmm. I agree, sis. Also, we should dig deep into problems that affect the youth. Because that could help us uncover why some young voters are struggling with registering to vote and participating in the elections. And before we go, we want to give Sir an opportunity to promote his book, which talks about the state of the youth today. It's called Rethinking Filipino Millennials. We're talking about the youth, our audience, um, students. You might find this a helpful book to understand the fragmented state of young people today. You will see that the millennials, you, you you might feel that you're not part of this generation. But if you see, if you read this book, you will realize that you're actually part of all this fragmentation that we're talking about. Everything that we discuss in this podcast, you might find snippets of those ideas here in, in this book. And I encourage you to consider it. The title is Rethinking Filipino Millennials, Alternative Perspectives on a Misunderstood Generation, published by USD Publishing House. It's available on Lazada and Shopee. With all that said and done, we want to thank our listeners who tuned into today's episode. If you want to stay updated on our podcast, then don't forget to follow us on Facebook and TikTok at the People's Initiative PH. Once again, it's Fifi and Jesse, your hosts for the People's Initiative, saying goodbye and don't forget that we have more power than we think we hold. We can make a change in society because youth can do it. If you like this episode, then subscribe wherever you are listening to and tune in to our next episode in two weeks. Paalam!